It's HSK Today, a weekly in-depth look at the Henderson Silver Knights and the AHL with your host, Brian McCormick. And here we go on a beautiful Thursday in Las Vegas. This is HSK Today. Brian McCormick here, you there. Jared Justice on the other side of the glass as we get you set for a big weekend of Silver Knights hockey. They have a home-and-home against the Ontario Reign that will begin tomorrow night at Toyota Arena, the back end of that home-and-home on Saturday night at the Orleans, a television game on MyLVTV. Darren Elliott will hop on with me, and we will have... Again, a really good weekend of hockey and what is a very interesting stretch for the Silver Knights over the course of the next 14 days. It's a stretch that actually began last night with a 5-2 win over the Stockton Heat. We're going to talk about that outcome for the Silver Knights and uh, what we can learn from this next two-week stretch. We're going to hear from Joel Ward, who uh, spoke after last night's game on his team's performance. Daniil Miramanov commented as well. We'll hear from both of them. Uh, in our next segment, we're going to talk to Ben Jones, who launched a pretty uh, unique project uh, over the last week, the Ben Jones Foundation, a uh, charitable venture that Ben is spearheading. So we'll get his thoughts on what he's looking to accomplish in, in addition to what he's accomplished on the ice of late as he's been one of the hottest scorers for the Henderson Silver Knights. So all that and more ahead on a very busy HSK today before the team hops on the bus to head to Ontario. Well, we'll start with last night, uh, and if you're a Silver Knights fan, you, you really have to wake up this morning feeling really, really good, feeling very good about what the Silver Knights did last night against the top team in the Pacific Division, the number one, uh, or pardon me, number two defensive-ranked team in the American Hockey League, uh, and the Silver Knights, after a very uh, chaotic first period, I shouldn't even say chaotic because it was a pretty one-sided. Chaotic would, it would imply it was back and forth. Uh, a lopsided Stockton period. They threw 18 shots on net and really dominated control of the puck uh, in the first period. But it was the Silver Knights who got away with a one nothing lead after 20 minutes and then just took over the game from that point on. Uh, the way the Silver Knights managed that game and ran away with that game as the second period moved along really I, I think is going to tell us a lot about what this team is capable of and we're going to talk about this a little bit more uh, in, in the final segment where we break down what the next two weeks uh, lay out for the Silver Knights and if you haven't already looked at the schedule, again it's a stretch that began, began with last night's game but they have three games against Stockton and two against Ontario. The Ontario Reign being the second place team in the Pacific that the Silver Knights are trying to chase down and the Stockton Heat of course sitting atop the division. They've got a a 10-point lead in the standings, even though they do have uh, the Silver Knights do have games in hand on the Stockton Heat. Just, just a, a quick uh, perusal of the standings for those of you who haven't taken a look. Silver Knights have uh, pulled within one point of second place Ontario. Ontario has played one fewer game, but of course those two teams are going to square off uh, twice this weekend, so we'll get a, a good sense of where that metric is. Uh, and then the Stockton Heat have a 10-point lead in the standings over the Silver Knights, but they have played three more contests than Henderson. So you start to see the roadmap. If the Silver Knights can keep winning at the clip that they have been, and they've won eight of their last 11, what kind of ground can they potentially close against those two teams? But but more so than that, you know, we're, we're at just about the halfway mark of the season now, a little shy of halfway, and we're definitely beyond that point now where you can say, well, teams are what they are. There's no more smoke and mirrors, no more illusions, especially as teams start to get a little bit healthier. And what at the start of the year 
looked very much like it was going to be the heat and the rain and then everyone else. Almost uh, analogous to what we've seen in the Pacific Division in the National Hockey League at the start of the year. It was Edmonton, it was Calgary, and it was everyone else. And a very banged-up VGK team eventually got their got bodies back, got healthier, got on a bit of a roll. And even when they still dealt with some injuries, like Robin Leonard, like Mark Stone, they're still without Max Pacioretty. Nonetheless, they closed that gap, and now they sit at the top. Similarly, for the Silver Knights, they don't sit at the top, but they have now created a a landscape where there is a path to the top, or at least a path into competition where regardless of where they finish in it, uh, at the end of April, again, there's so much runway left to this season, but there's the opportunity to establish uh, what this three-headed monster at the top of the Pacific between Stockton, Ontario, and Henderson looks like. Uh, Where do the Silver Knights stack up against that, that group? So we started to get that lesson last night. Uh, and for the Silver Knights, it was a very, very good outing by Logan Thompson to kick things off. Uh, Logan Thompson stopping 41 of 43, and the majority of that workload, the real uh, overwhelming portion of that workload was the first period. He stopped 18 of 18, and it was a Stockton team that, as we discussed in the pregame show, they're the best uh, their best period is the first period, plus 17 in first periods. Uh, and when they score first, which they didn't last night, uh, but when they score first, uh, it's a Stockton team that is, is pretty much unbeatable. Stockton Heat came in 16-0-1 when they scored first. So the Silver Knights scored 34 seconds in on what was certainly not fluky, uh, but but kind of a a broken play. It was a a centering pass that found its way to the left circle. Zach Hayes gets a great shot off, and he's able to beat Dustin Wolf. But it was was certainly not the product of of a hard-grinding shift. It was kind of a puck that squeezes through to an open spot. Hayes says, look what I found, and finishes. After that, the Silver Knights didn't get another shot for about 15 minutes. But Logan Thompson was outstanding, and this is a, a Logan Thompson who's used to playing all the time and really hasn't played that much the last three weeks. He's predominantly been the backup to Loren Brassois, so you didn't know if there was going to be some rust or some cobwebs or getting acclimated to, to the routine again. There was none of that. And I think if you're a Silver Knights fan, the equation of what you saw last night is really encouraging when you kind of determine, okay, what is this Silver Knights team going to be against the top squads. And if you want to put the, statistically they're not there right now, but if you want to look at the the recent trend of a month and put the Silver Knights in the argument to be in that top squad in the Western Conference, you can do that. Right now that's a conversation that involves Chicago. It's a conversation that involves uh, Stockton and and Ontario. And if you look league-wide, well, now we have to bring in conversations about Utica out east. But this is a Silver Knights team that of late is playing as well as anyone. And, And again, the equation of how they did it last night against the Heat, the best defensive team in the West, they got great goaltending in the first period. They got timely scoring, and not just timely in the sense of like, oh, that's convenient. No, it was long shift in the, in the, in the defensive zone, weather the punches, and then when there's an opening for a quick transition like the Sven Berchi three-on-two, you capitalize on that quick hit. This was not even a Silver Knights team that was looking for second, third, fourth opportunity scoring. It was a team that was kind of trying to cash in on their first and when they had an opportunity for an open look, they finished. And, and boy, did that resonate with what Jamie Heward said before the game started. He said, this is a team that doesn't give up a lot of opportunities in Stockton. So when you get a chance, you got to hit it. When you have an open look, 
you got to find the back of the net. You have to create a scoring chance off your advantageous looks. If you don't do that, you're not going to have a lot of success. If you're going to get one chance every five or six minutes, you got to make something of that chance. And that's what the Silver Knights did so well. It wasn't a game in which they had an overwhelming amount of offensive opportunity. They had 28 shots, you know, average at best. But they had them from prime areas. And when there was blood in the water, I think the Pavel Dorofiev goal was the best example of it to make it 5-1. Jonas Rombjörg makes a great individual effort. To, he falls down, gets up, gets two pucks pumped towards the net, fighting through the uh, defenseman Kevin Gravel. Uh, and then Pavel Dorofiev with two follow-ups of his own. It was, it was that knowledge of like, okay, this is the moment. This is our chance. Pounce on it. And they did. And the third part of the equation is you need your best players producing on a nightly basis. Uh, and the Silver Knights have certainly been that as Jake LeCision and Ben Jones score again. Sven Berchi in his 500th pro game scores uh, for the second consecutive contest. Again, for Ben Jones, he's got five goals in his last uh, six. Uh, Jake LeCision has seven goals in his last nine. It's just constant again and again for the Silver Knights that they're finding uh, ways to put their best players in positions to, to capitalize and and those players are following up. It's a Silver Knights team that is getting healthier now. Last night might have been one of the healthiest rosters we've seen for the Silver Knights this season, getting Jack Dugan back, getting Maxim Marashev back for the first time since December 10th, and adding Alan Quine. Alan Quine, who signed with the team in the offseason, but he's been rehabbing a leg injury since uh, last February. He got into game action for the first time. This is a player who is a, uh, an all-star caliber AHLer. Uh, and as he gets his game legs underneath him again and finds that comfort stride, uh, Alan Quine is the equivalent of a trade deadline acquisition. A huge, huge add for the Silver Knights at this point. So you look where they stack up against Ontario and Stockton right now. Well, we've seen them play Stockton very well three times. We saw them walk all over Stockton in the last 40 minutes of last night's contest, uh, and now it's a Silver Knights team that looks different than any we've seen in the first two months. This is a, and more injuries may come. You know, Caden Korzak is still on the mend and hopefully to be back soon. There's still uh, additions to come back into this lineup and, and create what every coaching staff wants, which is healthy competition for guys to play every night. But for the, for the numbers that the Silver Knights have on their, on their roster right now, they have to be extremely encouraged with what they've gotten uh, from from last night's roster and from the combination of goaltending that's hard to beat and situational scoring that's hard to stop. After the game last night, assistant coach Joel Ward talked about his team's performance. Here's what he thought.
And that was Joel Ward. Uh, in addition to Joel Ward, we also caught up with Daniil Miramanov. And, you know, it's it's absolutely not the case that Daniil Miramanov has flown under the radar, almost the opposite, because, of course, he's gotten NHL attention this year that he had not gotten before. He's gotten NHL games, including Tuesday night when he dressed for the Vegas Golden Knights against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, if anything, this is a coming-out party uh, for Daniil Miramanov. And at the same time, there's a bit of subtlety to it perhaps because so much of our attention on Miramanov has been on his NHL potential on the fact that yes he is getting recalled to the National Hockey League to the fact that yes he is factoring in the, in the depth chart where maybe prior to the preseason people didn't anticipate but we almost overlook what he's doing on a day-to-day -day basis in the AHL because your eyes are ever upward so what is Daniil Miramanov doing in the American Hockey League right now? Well, he's, he's producing uh, just about as, as good as any other defenseman in the American Hockey League. He has five multi-point games, five multi-point games in his last 10 outings, including two assists last night. 20 points is tied for second among all AHL defensemen. He's done it in 22 games, and he's also leading all AHL defensemen in uh, rookie defenseman in points. He's tied with Scott Perunovic. Now, asterisk to that is Scott Perunovic had 20 points in 12 games, and he's been in the NHL since. I don't think he's coming back 
but for Daniil Miramanov, he has been among the most dangerous, most productive offensive defensemen in the American Hockey League, playing at nearly a point per game. And again, he's one point off the lead. Oskari Laxanen of the Rochester Amherst, who has 21 points uh, in seven additional games. So uh, Daniil Miramanov playing at an AHL all-star caliber this season. He had a few remarks after last night's game as well.
And that was Daniil Miramanov. So the Henderson Silver Knights, uh, a really good showing against the Stockton Heat. One of the more lopsided losses that the Stockton Heat have suffered this season. And now the Silver Knights will look for more against the Ontario Reign this weekend. Well, as we mentioned, we're going to catch up with Ben Jones in our next segment. He has launched the Ben Jones Foundation charitable endeavor. He'll give us all the details when we come back on HSK Today. Brian McCormick here with you on 1230 The Game, the Henderson Silver Knights Radio Network. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. Is this the Krusty Krab? No! This is HSK Today. Back on HSK Today, we're joined by Ben Jones. And uh, so, Ben, first of all, thanks for taking the time. And uh, you, you've got an exciting project that was launched this week, the Ben Jones Foundation. Why don't you first just give us some background on exactly what the, uh, what the project is? Yeah, it's something I've been kind of working towards for a long time, something I've been really wanting to do um, kind of since I started um, playing and more so started playing pro is trying to have kind of an impact on the community as well as, um, you know, not just focusing on hockey. So it was something that um, was kind of in the works since this summer and got going. Obviously, we launched um, a couple of days ago now, which was uh, which was really exciting and I'm really happy to get that going. But just something that, that I wanted to do to kind of help with the community and um, just give back to, to kids, especially that the, the main focus is giving all kids the opportunity to play. So um, it, it's focusing on families that can't um, or struggle to afford, you know, the team fees and the gear and that stuff is the initial focus right now that we're going to be donating towards those families to give them, you know, the best opportunity to have their kids play um, without without kind of the support from my family growing up and and you know there's there's an, a crazy amount of time commitment and financial commitment that goes into uh, growing up in sports so minor hockey all the way through you know not even just hockey but all sports um there's a, a crazy amount of financial and time commitment that needs to be had and um, the goal is just to kind of help with those challenges and, and kind of help with those barriers of of the financial commitment as of right now to just help those kids have the opportunity to, to play. And it's not just focused on hockey, it's kind of all sports. You know, I don't want people to only be focused on hockey being the main sport. I think it's really important for everyone to grow up playing a ton of different sports. You know, I played hockey, soccer, whatever, you know, every sport growing up, every kid wants to. So I was fortunate enough that I had the opportunity to be able to pursue something with, with all those challenges um, that some that every family faces. but. Luckily, uh, you know, without that, I wouldn't be here today. And I just wanted to kind of help families get through those times and give their kids an opportunity to kind of play sports, make some friends and grow as a community. Talking to Ben Jones, who just launched the Ben Jones Foundation. You said something interesting in terms of the, the costs that come with playing hockey, perhaps more than any other sport. There's the, the gear alone. You're already looking at probably a thousand, and and for for young kids, you grow out of something every other year too. There's a lot of money that goes into it. I think when fans think about growing the game, as we so often hear, it's about growing interest, or maybe there's not a, a rink in your in your area. Even if the infrastructure is there, though, this is a tough sport for a lot of kids to get into, as opposed to basketball, where you need a ball and sneakers, and, and you're pretty much in good shape. So, you know, it sounds like this is not only growing the game for people to have interest in hockey, but making it accessible to the people who have the interest. They just don't have the means just yet. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, 
you know, like I said, it's not just focused on hockey, but hockey especially is one of those sports where, um, you know, looking at the prices of stuff now is outrageous. You know, a pair of skates is twelve hundred bucks. Uh, a stick alone is you know top top line of stick is four hundred dollars a piece. You can break it in you know two weeks. So it's pretty crazy just to think of that cost that that parents have to have and. You know, it's it's almost an investment, right? Like, you know, parents are spending outrageous amounts of money every year when their kids want to jump into hockey. But, um, you know, from the gear side, that that is definitely something I want to help with. And, and that's kind of where where I'm aimed for sure. And also just team fees. You know, it, it costs a lot, you know, to, to go into tournaments, to travel to games and whatnot. So it's kind of just trying to help all around, kind of relieve some of those um those barriers on the parents especially of kids that just want to you know be in the community and play sports and and have fun with their friends let's talk a little bit about the logistics how this is working right it's not just a uh, donate here although i'm sure you guys take that too but uh, this has kind of manifested itself in a, in a clothing line right is it that you're selling uh, merchandise and, and the money's going back towards the cause yeah, exactly. So there is um, there is options to just donate um, straight to the foundation, and that just goes to the foundation to be able to, um, you know, add to the the dollar amount that the um, foundation donates at the kind of annually. But uh, yeah, like you said, the main focus as of, I guess as of right now is is there's an apparel line. You know, we put a lot of work with um, Fox Ellis Agency that they've been awesome. They were kind of the ones that that drove this with me. Um, and they were great there, so can't say enough good things about them. But, um, yeah, we, we developed a logo, developed the website design, and uh, some apparel that we kind of thought would, would work well. We didn't want it to be, you know, gimmicky or anything. So you know, it took a long – it's been a long time coming, I guess, to kind of get it going. And just really happy that we, um, you know, we got it launched. And the idea right now is – for apparel, people can you know buy it, and the, those um, those costs go towards the foundation to be able to donate at the end, and hopefully, just you know, it'll it'll be fun to see people kind of wearing some gear with with that logo on it, and kind of just go from there and see where it can take off. And you know, this is a thing that I want to do for kind of my entire life, so it's exciting to get it going now. It's got to be a fun part of the process too. You're gonna be putting your logo on gear. You. You obviously care what that gear looks like. I can't dress myself. You've seen. But was that a fun part of the process going through? I like this hoodie. Not so much that one. It almost had to be like like wide-scale shopping just to, to get the merchandise portion of this moving along. Yeah, exactly. It, it took a long time. Like I said, you know, it's been – it has been a long time coming now to get everything going. Um, you know, there was, I don't know, maybe 10 or so – logo mock-ups that was here don't like this don't like that oh like that of this don't like that of that and trying to combine kind of everything and then just deciding on one and going from there and then like you said then you gotta you know figure out what the apparel looks like what you want it to look like and um no i'm really happy with everything and like you said it was you know it's kind of funny that there's going to be it's funny to me to think that there's going to be people wearing some apparel with you know my name and you know the ben jones foundation on it but you know that's i guess just something that's really exciting for me and, and I'm just looking forward to kind of getting things going and and seeing where it can go from here now you said this was something you've always wanted to do why why now did it maybe things just aligned the right way but did, was there a, a eureka moment or something that made you want to really push forward and, and make this a reality this season uh nothing specific really to this season like I said I, I've wanted to do it for a while but it really just kind of took off as um, this summer when through um, Fox Ellis we got in touch and 
they kind of had an idea and they kind of showed me what they were thinking and and from the like apparel and from the marketing standpoint of the foundation as well as kind of taking my input and kind of with all my support my family and whatnot we it kind of just all pieced together that it was going to work out to be this year um so nothing really specific for this exact season but it like you said the pieces kind of just fell into place so talking to ben jones who just launched the ben jones foundation you can find more information online at benjonesfoundation.com i wonder ben the story you tell of again the, the the challenges for families for players working their way up trying to to find the resources to play the game we can all we all have a story of that either we struggled with it or even i was lucky enough playing as a kid my parents were able to do it but i still was told you see the new car that the neighbors have across the street you see the cruise vacation they're going on yeah we don't do that because you play hockey the players who you play with now also can relate to those challenges has there been any comment or interest from other players who see what you're doing and and uh, how you've gone about it anybody else uh interested in in the efforts you're making yeah actually you know i had a lot of support from the guys on the team which was great um you know i kind of kept it on the on the down low until it it got launched just didn't really want to you know mention anything until it was kind of official and and out for the public but uh right when it did you know i had a lot of support from the guys a lot of people texted me and kind of reached out um you know we're posting it on their own social media just kind of trying to help show their support and, and a lot of guys here this morning and, and even yesterday morning as well were saying congrats and, and just asking more about it, kind of some, some more info on it and just saying that they, you know, were, were happy to um, help in any way they could. I had some friends back home that were asking if there was anything they could do to, to help as well. So, um, no, the support has been awesome. Um, you know, like I said earlier, the, the sports like kind of group that I have with my family and, and everyone was, was huge in helping this. And, you know, they I can't say enough good things about everyone in that kind of support group I have, so... And do you know yet, or, or do, do you know the specifics, how the money is being dispersed? Is it a lot going back towards programs back in your hometown, or is it a little bit of a broader reach than that? Yeah, so we're trying to work with, um, right now, we are, I've tried to be in touch with some um, local charities here in Vegas to try and kind of accomplish a similar thing. So I've reached out to a couple to try and um, see if I can get something going here. Uh, as well as um, focusing on my hometown as well. Um, you know, I, I really wanted to have something that I didn't want to just donate to something that would then, I would never really see it. So I wanted to kind of have something in my community. And, and luckily enough, we found something that we're going to be moving forward kind of in the next next week or so that will be exciting to um, kind of tell everyone about. But that'll be something kind of in our in my hometown back home that, um, will feel like a more direct impact to my immediate community and, and family and friends. Well, it's an outstanding project. The stuff looks great. It's my color wheel. I wear a lot of darks and navies. Uh, I, I'm a hat guy, so I think I'd go the hat route. Do you have any particular uh, clothing item that, that you uh, like or that maybe that you uh, want to rock? Yeah, I don't know if I'll really be rocking uh, my own gear. I don't want to kind of... In the, in the right location, maybe not around the ring. That might get you some, some ribbing. Yeah, exactly, depending on the situation. But, no, nothing specific, um, kind of like you, hat guy. So we'll, we'll see what happens from there. But just excited to kind of get it going again and, and happy with everything that's happened. 
with Ben Jones. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you a couple of hockey questions while we got you sitting here, particularly with the uh, a big two-week stretch for you guys with games against Stockton and Ontario. You guys had to be really, really pleased with how uh, how you guys played last night against Stockton, particularly in the second period. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you know that first period was a period that we were not very happy with, honestly. You know, the score, I, I don't think, reflected the game honestly I mean I think we got outshot 18 to 6 in the first period something along those lines and luckily we had LT kind of standing on the top of his head to make some saves that we really needed at that time and like I said that first period really didn't reflect kind of how the game was going we, we needed a good regroup I think we kind of just sat on our heels a little bit and didn't expect you know that kind of that kind of game and and the kind of push that they had for some reason we we came out a little flat and I think from that second period on, we really decided to kind of get on our toes and, and dig in, and we really wanted to kind of solidify ourselves as the top team in our um, in our division, in our conference, and you know, I think we did a good job of that. You know, the score is obviously, um, it was a little, again, the score probably didn't reflect the game. I think we, we had a lot of opportunistic goals where we kind of get one rush and score or a turnover puck and score, but luckily, you know, we, we kind of hunkered down defensively and LT made some huge saves for us and that's kind of how we were fortunate enough to win that game and we're just excited to get into another good test this weekend and then you know we have Stockton again next weekend away on the road so we know that that's going to be a challenge and we're just looking forward to kind of facing those challenges. Perhaps as you mentioned a little bit of a busier first period for Logan Thompson than you'd intend but for me there there were kind of similarities. Last night felt kind of reminiscent to the win you guys had on New Year's Eve in Ontario. Again, another one of those top teams. Almost a a similar formula in how you guys took the game away as it progressed. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, You know, again, I think last night we were quite opportunistic at times. I don't think we, as a group, loved our entire game, even though we did win and we had a good score and we did put up lots of goals. I think that we know we can't survive like that every night giving up 40 plus shots and you know lt can only stand on his head for so long right like giving up 40 plus shots many times in a weekend against a top team like that the score is probably not going to reflect the same way um you know two or three more times so we we really need to kind of dial in our defensive zone especially in neutral zone i think we had a lot of turnovers and we just need to you know try and swarm teams defensively and offensively and i think that's going to be a big uh, big positive for us going forward. You have five goals in your last six. You're having your best offensive season as a pro, but you had great offensive numbers in juniors as well. I almost wonder for you, does it feel like something clicked? I figured something out. Or this feels familiar. I used to put up numbers like this. Is it one or the other? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I'm not really too sure on either of those. It's funny. I, I really don't um, focus on every night going in kind of hoping to score hoping to get assists and whatnot I'm trying to focus on doing the smaller things that um I I feel like I'm here for to do well and and that's kind of what's just been happening lately honestly you know a couple people back home have been mentioning you know saying the same things that you just did and I keep saying to them like yeah don't worry it'll slow down which you know is I guess maybe not the best way to look at it, but it, again, it's just not something I'm really that focused on is putting up numbers. I'm, I'm more trying to do the smaller things, you know, focusing on the defensive side of things first and trying to be a, a strong defensive center for our team more so than being an offensive guy. You know, we have guys that have certain roles and have certain skills and attributes. And um, obviously you see 
know, Pav can't stop scoring. So if we can just have him keep scoring, that's perfect. It takes a burden off other people. But um, yeah, like I said, I'm not I'm not really focused on on the numbers side of things. More so, the uh, the details, kind of defensively, especially that. I feel like I'm, I'm here for and, and what the organization wants me to be here for in the future. Well, Ben, you're having a great season. And the Ben Jones Foundation, just the, uh, the latest success. Congratulations, and we'll, uh, we'll keep track throughout the year. Thank you so much. That is Ben Jones. We'll step aside. More ahead, straight ahead on HSK Today on 1230 The Game, the Silver Knights Radio Network. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle Brian McCormick. Back on HSK Today, Brian McCormick here with you. The Silver Knights are back on the ice for 2022. And this weekend, TJ Tynan and the Ontario Reign come back to the Orleans Arena on Saturday for the second half of their back-to-back weekend with the Silver Knights. Great seats are available. Single-game tickets for all Henderson Silver Knights games can be found on hendersonsilvernights.com, hendersonsilvernights.com. Special thanks to Ben Jones for joining us and uh, very excited to see the progress that the Ben Jones Foundation can make over the course of the next few months. Uh, of course, a, a great cause and, and a fashionable cause at that. So uh, we'll certainly keep an eye uh, on the impact made by the Ben Jones Foundation, and especially in his hometown uh, as well. Looking ahead to, to this weekend, the, the home and home with the Ontario Reign, uh, we talked about earlier in the program, what can we learn from this five-game stretch. We heard Joel Ward talk a little bit about it uh, at the start of the uh, program. He said, you know, it's, it's a day-by-day, period-by-period. He hates the cliche, but it really is a, uh, a step-by-step approach to these two weeks. And that's not, not only fine, that's how a, a coaching staff and a team should approach it. Uh, we, as fans and as, as people from the outside looking in, we don't have to approach it that way. Uh, and we can try to add a little bit more meaning to it. And I think, you know, for some, they're going to approach these next two weeks as a great challenge and as uh, an opportunity to prove themselves or for the team to, to prove where it ranks. I don't know if that's what we're going to find out. It could be. It, it's, it's one side of the coin, right? There, and, and that's what we can... We can easily say, okay, we'll find out uh, how do they measure up. It might be, honestly, a little bit more revealing than that. When you have five straight games against the top two teams in the division, at first we talked about is it something that you need to endure and just get through and, and you know, take, can, you get, can you get six points out of there and be, and be happy? I think regardless of results... What we might learn is, is a realistic picture of what the Pacific Division is now. Again, we talked a little bit about the, uh, how the standings shake out in our first segment, but if you look at the, the, the teams to, to beat, let's go from the bottom up for the, for the division. You know, and, the, and, of course, there's talented players on every roster. Every roster has gone through uh, challenges and, and COVID issues, and, you know, it, 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 there, there's... A little bit of an asterisk next to everyone's point totals, right? But we've seen everyone in the, in the division now. Silver Knights will not see Abbotsford again. That's in the rearview mirror. But the Canucks have 24 points. They're towards the bottom. San Diego's had a very, very rough season. And they've been kind of getting harvested by the Anaheim Ducks. San Jose is the same. And although we saw a, a shell of what the San Jose Barracuda are this past uh, week in San Jose, it, it's nonetheless, it's, it's a team that 
what they will get back from the Sharks here and there potentially is some scoring. They're not going to get goaltending, and that's been their biggest hole. So the Barracuda sit at the bottom of the division right now. From what we've seen, that looks appropriate, uh, and with San Diego the same. Tucson and Colorado, two teams that have proven for the Silver Knights to be beatable. Bakersfield is hard to figure out in fourth place because it's very similar to the roster they had last year with some notable exceptions. Tyler Benson uh, and Ryan McLeod have both been with Edmonton for a significant amount of time. Stuart Skinner have been as well. Is Bakersfield a similar team to the Silver Knights that if they ever get to full strength, they're a, a tougher out? That, that's a, a fun wild card that we can keep an eye on. But right now, it looks like a division that's going to be the Silver Knights, the Rain, and the Heat. And even if the Silver Knights go 3-2 and two in that five-game window, which would be a success, what I think we might learn is not can the Silver Knights climb to be in the Rain-Heat stratosphere, but more so, and again, they're, they're one point back of Ontario now, that climb has already been happening. More so, are they already there? Is this a reconfigured roster that is better than the record currently shows. Silver Knights have won 8-11. and 11. They're 16-8-3. Those are, those are good numbers. But when you look at what they did against Ontario on New Year's Eve, didn't last night against Stockton feel kind of similar, kind of reminiscent that we've seen this already? Now, Logan Thompson was asked to do a lot more in the first period against Stockton than Yuri Patera was New Year's Eve in Ontario. But nonetheless, it was a rain team that had looks in the first period. Martin Furk, always dangerous. Gabriel Velarde, TJ Tynan, these are dangerous players. But they were, for the most part, contained. And then the Silver Knights would have their first shot in six minutes, and it's a redirect by Jake LeCision, and it's one nothing Silver Knights. And the Silver Knights have proven to be one of the best teams in the league of getting a lead and maintaining it, sitting on it. And it's partially because of the goaltending that they've gotten. But last night felt a lot like that Ontario game, a lot like that Ontario game. And for the Silver Knights, I, I think we can find out just on the, the way the games play, whatever the results are, they're playing two good teams, and it's hard to win hockey games in the American Hockey League. But we might find out this Silver Knights team that was without so many pieces at the start of the season. Now you talk about LeCision, Rombjörg, Miramanov in the lineup on a regular basis. You talk about Dugan being back in the mix, adding Alan Quine. Sven Berchi is back in the mix full-time. Maybe they get Cotter and Korzak back soon. This is not the team that started the year. This is not the team that lost uh, 5-1 to the Ontario Reign at the Orleans Arena earlier this season. I think rather than finding out, do the Silver Knights, uh, what do they need to do to catch the rain or the heat or to, to be just as formidable when the spring co comes around, Instead, we might be having more of a conversation where the heat and the rain realize that they've cooled off, they've regressed back to the mean a little bit, and the Silver Knights on paper are, are the best team in the division. We don't know that, but in terms of the, uh, the hypotheticals that are to come over the next two weeks, I think initially we, we just be, we look at the standings and we think of it as, okay, it's an, up, it's an uphill climb. That's, that's the journey that has to be taken. I'm not sure that's the case right now. To, to phrase it differently, I don't think anybody would... If the playoffs started today, nobody wants to get Henderson. Nobody wants to draw the Silver Knights because it's goaltending that on a nightly basis, you know you might only get one, you might only get two. If you get three, God help you, that's a game you better win. And for the Silver Knights now, they're 16-2-0 when they score three goals. 16-2-0 when they score three goals, and they're averaging just over three goals a night. 
So that means, again, night in, night out, against Logan Thompson, against Yuri Pateri and Dylan Ferguson on the nights that they pop in, you're really going to struggle to get three. You're really going to struggle to get three. And last night for the Stockton Heat, they scored a, gar- a garbage time goal with nine seconds left that got them, you know, it made it a little bit more respectable on the scoreboard. Not even that. The, the game last night from the midway point of the second period on was never close. So that's what I would say for this, for this two-week stretch for Silver Knights fans to keep an eye on. Uh, don't think of it as, as a challenge. Think of this as the audition. This is the two-week stretch to prove that the Stockton Heat and the Ontario Reign, perhaps, two teams that have had great seasons, and Stockton is 21-6-3. They're still the standard in the division until proven otherwise. But this is a Silver Knights team that might be able to make the statement over the next two weeks uh, that they've gotten better that they've gotten dramatically better and they are now, they've now gotten Popeye's spinach to, to muscle up to full potential and have the other teams in the division done the same. That's something we can learn over the next 14 days. Well, that'll do it for us on HSK Today. Special thanks again to Ben Jones to take us through the Ben Jones Foundation. We're on TV on Saturday, MyLVTV. Darren Elliott will join. And, of course, on the air tomorrow night from Toyota Arena in Ontario with 7 o'clock puck drop and 6.30 pregame. I'm Brian McCormick. Thanks for joining us on HSK Today. We'll see you this weekend for Silver Knights Hockey on the Henderson Silver Knights Radio Network.